Welcome back to the Her Advantage podcast. I am your host, Mel, and this is episode number 29. I have been, well, I am, in my little cabin hidden away in the Adelaide Hills. Somebody asked me recently if I'm an introvert or an extrovert. And if you've ever met me in person or ever had anything to do with me, you would probably think I'm a little bit of an extrovert. But after seven days living by myself in the Adelaide Hills, probably 10 minutes away from any sort of cafe or shops, um, honestly, it almost looks like an East European setting, like windy roads, tall trees, hasn't stopped raining or been overcast since I got here. It's barely reached double digits. It's freaking beautiful. Um, My cup and my social battery is fully recharged. You can probably tell by the fact that I'm just doing a podcast. I'm ready to talk to people again. Um, So apparently that's how you tell. That's how you tell if you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you recharge your batteries with people or without people. And it's not to say that I don't love being around people and am able to communicate well with people, but I really freaking love my alone time. Apparently more than I love the sun and the ocean. Um, so I'm probably going to have to strike a deal with the guy that I'm house sitting for to say that, you know what, you can't come home, change the locks or something like that. That's actually not why I've hit record on the podcast, believe it or not. I, um, put a post on Instagram this week that got a little bit of traction and I wanted to read it out and go into a little bit more depth on it. The post reads, good Lord, it'll help if I can read. Uh, Excuse me, Kat, could you stop chewing on my notebook? Thank you very much. The goal was never to have a painless period. I actually liked having a few days a month to hibernate, hibernate and eat whatever the fuck I wanted to tell my world, okay, do not disturb. My girlfriends and I used to send photos of our bloated bellies and checking out of the shots with a trio of painkillers, a block of Cadbury chocolate and whatever pads were on special. The thing I hadn't connected was the pain, the exhaustion, the cravings actually made me stop and listen. But here's the juicy part. I wasn't stopping and listening to the pain and fatigue. I was setting boundaries, asking for what I wanted without guilt and giving my body part of what it needed. The painless period came as a side effect when I started doing more of these things in the goal of feeling fucking good on a daily basis. Like the post said, I never set out to having a painless period. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of talk amongst health coaches and amongst the community that Painful periods are normal, but they're not common. And this can be in terms of PCOS. This can be in terms of endometriosis. You know, the fact that we don't get a lot of support when it comes to having these diagnoses and really the only relief is some sort of um, hormonal contraception, painkillers and bed rest. Because one, I think when you hear, oh, this, these things are managed by lifestyle, you just need to change your diet, change your exercise, do this, do that. We're already living really fucking busy lives. We don't have the brain space to go, no worries, I'll rewrite everything that I'm doing just so that I can have 
a painless period every month. Um, this is going to, this, I feel like this might be a little bit triggering to some people and please know I am speaking from experience here, um, from my specific experience that I, every month when I had my bleed and to be honest, just to, um, preface this, I had a PCOS diagnosis from being a teenager. Having a regular period for me was something I already worked for. And so once I had that regular period, even if it was painful, I was like, oh, cool, at least I'm bleeding every month because that's what's healthy. So I'd already done the work to bleed once a month. And then as when I bled, like I said, if it was painful or I needed a couple of days bed rest or whatever, I actually really fucking loved that because the life that I was living wasn't allowing me adequate rest time any other day of the month, any other day of the week any other time other than those couple of days a month when I would bleed, I would proudly say, sorry, can't do that actually, you know, can't go to the gym, can't socialize, can't go to work, whatever it was, I was fully okay with saying, no, my body is actually asking me to rest today. And so I would. What I didn't realize is that it's a bit of a chicken and an egg situation. I was almost creating this. I was almost calling that in. I was almost calling in the desire to actually have a couple of days rest because typically, you know, if I miss training or if I missed socializing or if I miss going to work, I didn't actually care. I was like, fuck yes, I just need a break. And I got the break and I got to sit in my warm, cozy bed and I got to have, um, my painkillers and my chocolate and my hot water bottle. And I just got to be cozy and Netflix or whatever it was, probably Grey's Anatomy and just really be cozy and comfortable. When I say that having a painless period was something that came as a side effect, it wasn't what I was trying to fix when I came to all of this lifestyle upheaval. I remember as I turned 30 in the month, in the six months leading up to turning 30, I went on a big diet plan. I went into a massive calorie deficit with a goal weight that I wanted to hit by the time I turned 30, because I knew that for my 30th, I'd have lots of photos taken. And I really wanted that to be a special event. And I wanted photos to look back on and go, oh, wow, you know, and really be happy with the photos that were taken. I have to do an episode on that because there's other big reflections that came out of that. Um, and this wasn't the first time I'd gone into a calorie deficit. I had probably been in and out of a calorie deficit since 2000. And 17, I think I first learned about macros and I was sitting at about 1700 calories and was training CrossFit five times a week. Um, did I hit my weight target? You bet I fucking did. Did I look in, did I put clothes on and look like the way I looked in the mirror? You bet I fucking did. Um, did I have a miserable relationship with my partner? Yes. Did I have a miserable relationship with socializing and going out and freaking out over food? Yes. My skin was shit. My bleeds were shit. My training was usually pretty shit. 
everything was always an uphill battle, but it was fine because I was watching the scales go down. So in 2000, just, it was my 31st birthday. Um, I remember just being like, you know what? I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to live like I'm, I don't want to constantly step on the scale. I don't want to, I want to eat. I want to use food so that I can feel good. I just want to feel good. I want to wake up with energy. I want to connect with my partner. I want to be excited about going out. I want to be excited about training. I want to be excited. Like this was the life that I was living. I was living in this constant battle and I didn't want to battle anymore. I just wanted to enjoy my life. So the first thing that happened was, you know, I was already an exercise physiologist at this point. I knew about exercise. I knew about the human body, you know, exercise is medicine, blah, 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 blah. Um, by the way, only exercise physiologists are allowed to say that (laughs) because there are other pieces, pieces of this puzzle. Exercise is only one piece. And for me, it came down to wanting to feel good. So I was like, right, I've got the exercise component under my belt. What else is there? I know about food. I know about training. Like what else am I missing? So A friend of mine had been doing all of this work on her metabolism to do a fat loss phase and was telling me about body temperature and telling me about Ray Pete and telling me about um, organ meats and all of this weird stuff that we just hadn't, hadn't even considered in the allied health world. So I was like, right, you know what? I, I remember spending felt like, not like, thousands of dollars on acne treatments. And when she was telling me that um, liver, you know, I think liver is like, you can buy half a liver for under $10. And that, you know, you only need 150 grams a week. That's like four months, four, five months worth of quote unquote acne treatment for 10 bucks. I was like, you know what? I can't lose here. So I started taking liver and I started taking my temperature. And when I first started taking my temperature, my temperature was 35.6. I think I have a photo of it somewhere. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. No wonder, one, I feel like shit. But two, I know what everything there is to know about exercise. I know about healthy eating and food. But that didn't mean that I was healthy. And another reflection that I would like to reflect back to you is that I'm a true believer that the lower our internal body temperature, the higher our need for comfort is. So the higher our need for reaching for those comfort foods, the reaching for days off and things that are going to soothe us. So, you know, it might be sugar, it might be alcohol, it might be constantly being busy, it might be days binging Netflix, but the lower our internal body temperature, the higher our need for these comforting things are because we're just trying to feel good inside. Where really there's this already little internal measure that's trying to help that, trying to automatically do that for us. 
So here I am. I've got these two new tools, liver and the body temperature. And I'd only ever eaten my food in terms of eating to a deficit. So I was like, right, what does it look like not to eat to a deficit? What does it look like to actually give my body enough fuel to do what it wants? So like I said, I started doing research into repeat. I started doing research into the metabolism. I started looking at what the basic needs were for a female, not even a female that was training, just a female for her to do her day-to-day basis, a busy female. And so I set my macros and off I went. And within a month, my skin had cleared up. My sleep had cleared up. My depression and anxiety were like, I was almost float. I felt high. That's the only way that I can describe it. I felt high. Um, simply, well, there's three things, simply by doing these three things, taking my body temperature so that I had a base measure to come back to basic number one, by the way, taking my liver tablets, which is basically loading my bottom, my bottom, loading my body with bioavailable vitamins and minerals and two, eating enough food so that my body could actually do the day-to-day tasks that it could do. It blew my mind how good I felt just by doing those three things. Now, like I said, I was already counting macros. So I already had an idea of food. Um, I was already exercising, but I just was missing a couple of integral pieces. And it's funny now that I reflect upon this because when I first had my PCOS diagnosis, when I first decided that I wasn't going to subscribe to my PCOS diagnosis and that if I was going to truly be an allied health professional, I needed to understand what this thing was and how we could help get out of it, not just go, oh, I have this thing and this is how I'm going to live my life. So one of the first things I did with my PCOS was stop dieting and I wiped the slate in turn of my exercise in when it came to my exercise and really started to move in a way that my body wanted me to. So rather than going, okay, like if you pick up any exercise physiology prescription book, it will tell you, you look and look up any condition and it will tell you, okay, if you are a woman 25 to 35 and you have a PCOS diagnosis, you should be exercising moderate activity three to five times a week for 25 minutes. Like there will literally be a a book with a prescription in it. And here I was with a PCOS diagnosis and I was like doing what the prescription said. And I was like, you know what? This doesn't work for me. So I had to come back to that. So I wiped the slate in terms of exercise. I wiped the slate in terms of I stopped cutting out food and I just started eating. And that was how I originally got my period back. I still moved. I just moved much lighter than I was already moving. So walking, yoga, um, strength training, no high intensity classes. And then just ate food, just ate food. I tried to cut out junk food, but I, you know, I, would still eat junk food on the weekends. But when it came to my meals during the week, it was like, just eat real food. So the seed had already been planted that there was something happening in this because that is what made me get my cycle back. 
So then, do you know what? There's probably like six, seven years between getting my cycle back and the painless period. So there's still a big chunk in there of self-discovery work. Um, so then, yeah, fast forward to that first time I had this painless period, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was Honestly, it was life-changing and I still had the fatigue when I bled. So I still, you know, pulled up on my training a little bit. I probably ate a little bit more, but not having to, not feeling the bloating, not feeling like I had to lay in bed for a week, feeling like I could still be part of the life that I was living was such a fucking game changer. And it only came as a result of really understanding what I wanted as a human and those three things that I just talked about, the temperature, the eating fuel and the liver. I'm not saying you have to go and eat liver. I'm not saying that you have to go and take your temperature. All I'm saying is you need to get curious about The second component to this accidental painless period was, and again, this could be triggering for some people, but come at it from a place of curiosity. What was hiding in my monthly bleed? Meaning what was I getting out of being able to hibernate for those two or three days? Like I said, it meant connection time with my boyfriend because we could just lay on the couch and be present with one another. It meant getting out of social events that I probably didn't want to say yes to in the first place. It meant actually resting my body, which, like I said before, isn't as a female something that we celebrate very often. It's one of our biggest achievements and downfalls as a female that we can do everything until we can't and rest definitely comes as an afterthought but when we can tap into this before our body screams at us that it's something like before it makes us do it we can honestly tap into it as part of our biggest advantage this all happens on the path to feeling fucking good it just doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen in the same way for one woman that it does the next. We really have to access that place of curiosity. We have to access a place of patience. We have to know what life, we have to imagine what life looks like at a different pace. And quite often that feels like giving up things or not being able to show up like we want to. And maybe that's the case for a little while, but it's definitely not the case in the long term. It's just while we get acquainted, we get reacquainted re with ourselves so that we know who we can put out into the universe, so that we know what we can put out into the universe, so that we know what our speed is, so that we can do the things and still feel fucking good doing this. And that is why we're going to loop back around. It is so important to understand our basics. It is so important to understand how to read that from our own level and go, right, this is where I'm at. You know, can I call upon my body temperature? Can I call upon my cycle? Can I call upon my energy levels? Can I call upon what my food is doing? Can I call upon my exercise to, to really tune in to where I'm at? 
to know which piece of the puzzle that I have to move, to know which boundary that I have to put in place so that I can feel good again because it's it's a constantly moving measure you know for you might think that it starts with food and it might start with food but it might not be that in six months time there might be another piece of the puzzle that you have to move in there might be another basic that you have to move in so coming from a place of curiosity coming from a place of education coming from a place of support you can then know what that next piece is. And honestly as well, just being okay with if the thing that you're craving the most, and for me it was stopping everything and resting, is probably the place that you need to start. So we're going to wrap it up there. If you have any questions on this topic or any notes, please slide in my DM with what you have to say. I love having conversations around I love knowing there's someone on the other end of this talking back to me, to be honest. Until next time, peace out.